yesterday's show that included Adele and Nadell. <laughs> nice. We go to Fanuf, who officially retired. But she's been off for how many years now? Two and a half. Okay. <laughs> 2018-19 was his last season. Just like nobody gets fired anymore because everybody steps aside. Resigns. Or resigns. Nobody ever really retires until every last cent is off <laughs> the contract. Yeah. Did you notice the pattern here? Well. Nobody leaves any who, money. Who are you blaming for that? I'm blaming nobody. It's all about collecting Every last dollar. <laughs> and that will continue under this current CBA because we see players now owed money, but you're not going to retire because once you retire officially, you lose access to the rest of your contract. So that's why Shea Weber will be announcing his retirement in <laughs> 2029. Do you think if a, uh, you know, a doctor looked at you at the end of your career... Uh, well, they may have found some diagnosable things to excuse. You know, like if you had a contract through for another 10 years, a, do yeah. a doctor would have said you shouldn't play. Like a do if a doctor looked at me today, they'd be like, your knees are bad, your hips are no good. Like yeah. you've had, you shouldn't play hockey again. And that's what's happening. <laughs> right. So uh, recent Hall of Famer, Marion Hossa, if I'm not mistaken, retired with a, a rash. Skin <laughs> so this is a touchy one because I've said the same thing like, ah. Uh, just it's tough it's okay it is it's just not i got the timing i got my equipment sometimes gave me a, a bad rash i could i feel like someone's gonna be like this is a far more serious condition but i'm with you i can't help but be like oh well he i'm not it for a long I'm time not saying I, it wasn't a serious condition but, the but timing was, was nice it's there's okay. always a something and if you've played and let's be honest if you played 10, 12 years, 14 years of pro hockey, you're going to find something. Yeah. Shoulders, knees, hips. Oh, my jaws smashing multiple places, torn MCLs. It shouldn't be out there. It's just not safe for me, Kipper. So we got Nashville. I think this is their only visit uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They come in, I think, third in the central. Not bad. Nine, five, and one, like the Leafs. Mm -hmm. I think eight and two their last 10 games, so something's got to give. Three Surprising Nashville, though. I did not have them as a team uh, that was going to make much noise this year. I would say the biggest thing is the resurgence of Matt Duchesne. This guy's got a couple of OT winners. He's shooting the hockey puck in the net. He looks like a guy who's, you know, worth that contract he signed, which uh, there were times last year where you're doing the awkward collar tug. Oh. So we got Terry Crisp later on in the show. He's going to kind of tee us up a little bit and talk about uh, Matt Duchesne and, and the turnaround that you just mentioned. And uh, it's so funny to listen to kind of comments because we know how we love Sheldon Keefe to play between what's he really saying comments. Yeah. And Hines is a guy that's talked about Matt Duchesne right now. And it's like, yeah, he's a lot more competitive this year. <laughs> I'm sitting there going... That could be like the worst insult. Oh, it's so bad. A, a coach could ever, ever give a player at eight million dollars. By the way, yeah, well into his career, he's at he's supposed to be in the prime of his career, and you hear your coach describe the difference between your play this year and last year, and it's 
Yeah, he's more competitive. John, oh, John what have you liked God. about your, your star player's uh, play this year? Well, he's trying. He, a lot harder. Really enjoy the uh, the trying thing. He gets an A for effort. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, you kind of want that all the time, but sure. We've got uh, also uh, Yorkie. Jason York is going to join us momentarily and maybe give us a, an update on what's going on in Ottawa as well as his thoughts on the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Also... Pay close attention to this, okay? Okay. Sammy, you on board here? I'm here. Okay. Double IHF is interested in proposing a different outside-the-box format of hockey to the IOC. So there would be more hockey medals at the Olympics. And I think they've used uh, the example of beach volleyball and rugby sevens as an example. Sammy? Correct. So... Later on in the show, I want you guys to start thinking about right now. Because we're not going to leave it up to the uh, WIHF because they're, they're morons. They're idiots. Okay? I'm not, yeah. I'm not leaving it to them to come up with some ideas about a different look of hockey. Yeah. So you're going to come up with some ideas later on in the show. And I Sammy is. I love it. So start thinking about it right now. I have it right now. It's locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. We'll we'll wait, though. We'll wait. We'll wait wait because... uh, By the way... You're going to revisit it. This is the first I noticed this on our show plan today, and I just got to say, what the hell? Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? Uh, Different forms of hockey at the Olympics? Like, one, we're going to create a thing that doesn't exist? Keep your powder dry right now. Put it in the Olympics. Okay. Okay. Just... I, I need okay. some I need some thoughts and ideas on what we could do with the game of hockey to change it up. Okay. All right, let's go back to what we uh we, we talked about right off the, the, the hop. Uh Dion Phaneuf. Mm-hmm. And it's official now. The money's in the bank. <laughs> and he's one of us. He's uh a retired player, NHL alumni. Welcome aboard. So when we look back, and maybe we'll start with super fan Sammy, our producer. Definitely the right place to start. Yes. And you, how many jerseys did you buy growing up as a kid? I how have many? I have multiple. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I mean, for, for the jerseys that I own, I own uh, Sundin, Tucker, uh, and then Fanuf, and I think Castle. I think I have. I have those wow. four. I have those four. Yeah. Which which one was first, Matt? Matt. No, Tucker's first. Oh, Tucker. Yeah, Tucker was first. It's, I I am who I am. Toronto sports fan. You know, I, I love Tucker. So Tucker and, was my first. Dream. I can't believe there's no Clark in there. Yeah, I was a little and, too young. But you, my my whole point in all of this, you loved Fanuff. I did love Fanuff. Yeah, I really did. So there were a lot of people in this town who did not. Um, I, how how was that as a Fanuff fan fan in Toronto over the years? I think it was a complicated relationship with Leafs Nation, and I think it was. Once again, you know, as we talk about with this iteration of the Leafs, how there is sort of a rivalry between the certain parts of the of the fan base that like and don't like guys. For example, Willie Neilander. Nylander, Marner, you know, go down the list. And I think there was a big group of people like me who lost many years off their life defending Dion Phaneuf. You know, the amount of time that I would give the, oh, you know, he's just miscast as a number one guy. Oh, he was given too much too soon. Oh, this, that. There were so many different things that you would go into defending him that weren't necessarily true, but I really did love him when he first got here, and I was really excited that they got him. It was a huge trade. 
I don't know. I just I think it's a complicated relationship that fan that Leaf fans have with him here, and I think he was a little bit too maligned that he didn't necessarily deserve all the stuff that he got. A top ten pick, and it hit huge success first three years with the Calgary Flames. I think if I'm not mistaken, Mark Andre Fleury was the first pick overall in his draft. But I think if you look down the line, I'm not sure how many players you would have picked ahead of. Dion Phaneuf and great I include uh, you know Eric Stahl great success early in his career with Carolina of course won a Stanley Cup uh, with Cam Ward young players hit it uh, but kind of fizzled uh, down the stretch in terms of greats uh, Nathan Horton if I got to mention Zerd- uh, uh, Zerdev that was uh, Doug McLean's pick yeah, Nikolai Zherdev. Zherdev. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vanek. It's actually a great draft here. A lot of NHL success in the top 20. Okay, but no Hall of Famers. No. Outside of Marc-Andre Fleury, of course. Yeah. But you know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Ryan Suter was in there. You know, there's a lot of good guys okay. in there. Ryan Suter, Colburn, and then Phaneuf. And when you look at the way Phaneuf really started in Calgary, like, I think his rookie season, and if I'm not mistaken, was that uh, – was that uh, Ove- Ovechkin Crosby and Crosby? And yeah. So he, any other he was year, third in the league in, in scoring. Any other and a twenty goal Among season. Among rookies, I should specify. And a twenty goal season. Yeah. How many rookies come in and, and score twenty goals in the As NHL? As a D man. Yeah. No, that was an unbelievable so, season. Right off the bat, you're, you're talking about what you think might be shaping up to be an all-time great. A guy an who scores twenty, great. who's physical, who I mean, that's a quite the combination it would have looked like at that point. And then I think it was followed up by, uh, do you have the stats there? 217? I, I do. I do. Yep. 217 mm-hmm. goal seasons? Correct. Correct. That's off the charts, guys. Yeah. And then you, you're, you're right. He had a physical element to him. 100, po- 100 PIMS in the first two years, almost 200 PIMS the next year. And he, fight, he fought some big boys. Yeah. And he is a big guy. And, you know, factor into the world juniors and mm-hmm. the hype that started coming out. Mm-hmm. Of the of of the coverage, let's just say the words is the right? double D on put yeah. them over the top. And I think that's a big that's a big right. part of it. It's a huge part of it. Like that's Pierre, where I fell in love with him. Pierre Maguire with all his sticks and all of that really did wonders for taking a his tournament stock. that could be seen as you know maybe a secondary thing to prime time. Fanuf was a huge beneficiary of. Yeah. Of the overhype from TSN and, and Pierre, and, and you're right with the, with the double D on. So those first couple of years factored in with all the, I, I'll say it, overhyped. He was overhyped. Mm-hmm. And that's not his fault, so we're no. not blaming that on him. I, that's certainly a change. But, but I'll tell you what happened, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Happened but to. he comes now to Toronto and people want to see the double D on. They want to see the 15, 20 goals. And it's like, it ain't there. Yeah. And he could not live up to the double D on. <laughs> well, it's not I, true, though. I don't think I'm he was this, wrong. I don't think he was overhyped in junior. Like, he was one of the, like, he was an all-time prospect no, in junior. We, coming, the, into the, coming into the NHL. I, I'm talking about the expectations coming as a leaf. Coming here. Yeah, that's fair. what he could do when you factor in the, the junior success mm-hmm. and those early years of being able to produce offensively plus 
fight and hit. Leaf fans wanted that every night. Yeah, those those first three years, he you know, with him scoring fifty four goals, I don't think he had that again the rest of his career. Okay, he did, but you know, like it was pretty close. It was close. Fascinating, uh, you know, career where the guy was so good and so effective and so valuable, and then somehow the perception of him is just maybe a little off. And Sammy, maybe you can speak to that better than I can because you've been fighting the good fight for Dion. <laughs> Well, well and, how, he, and I also want you to answer how you think fans are going to receive him when they do introduce him tonight. You mean yes? Oh, I mean they'll be they'll just give the I think it'd be the stock standing ovation. You don't not think gonna, salute gate was no. enough to? Yeah, I mean I think if off. the Leafs had still sucked and up until this point and there had never been anything else, it may be a little bit different. But you know, I think that's kind of it's a it's a generation ago now when it comes to Leaf fandom, and that that was ugly. And I think we can you know talk about that and he talked about that in his piece with Steve Simmons today that he regretted how that went and he wishes he hadn't done it and, and give him full credit too sure. because he says it bothers me he, he takes full ownership of it of I, I was the captain I should have been better I needed to handle it better uh he knows yeah he knows he and just gets it you should have he's, that's exactly what he should and say. just it's for great, a reminder for everybody uh because it was a few years ago if by chance you know you don't understand what Salute gate. Good for you, by the way, you don't. Better life than mine. Uh, the <laughs> Leafs at that time, I think, had lost a couple of games. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sammy, but there were some issues going on with the media, and in particular, Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. And as a bit of a stand, a standoff, the Leafs coming off of a terrible loss won the following night at home and basically refuse to come back to center ice to salute the fans correct that's you nailed it and i think it was a pretty ugly sort of moment for leaf fans and i remember being extremely offended like what i can't even remember what year that was but i remember being incredibly offended by that 16 17 2017 yeah Yeah. wasn't that not that long ago i mean it's a few years but that was sort of the same era as the waffles and this you know is, that's the, like that's, it was King Petty though. Yeah, that's, it, that's it, okay. Sure. It was. It was. It's funny that you say it, you were actually offended because I was going to say I don't know if anyone actually uh, really cared. offended. Oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say like I was like. Did you cry? Were no, you, no, I didn't. Did cry. you? Your feelings really hurt. Did you think about like the. Given the jersey away at that point? No, but it, my fandom was different then. And, you know, I took this stuff personally. And I, I felt like they were playing like crap. And it was a team that, you know, hadn't exactly won over the, the fan base. And then to go out and do that, it just wasn't a good look. I, I, I you know, I wasn't, I, I shouldn't say I was offended. I mean, offended's a big word. But, like, I, I, it put me off a little bit when it happened, for sure. That's like, I'm, fair. I'm not going to sit here and say that it didn't affect me a little bit as a diehard Leaf fan that they did the salute gate. Okay. It was ugly. All right. I appreciate that take. Let me ask you guys. I, I think it was, like, four or five years ago. But if they were to do it today, would it be even worse? What if they did a salute, but it was just Willie came out and did double birds while spinning <laughs> in middle ice? <laughs> Call that the Grabowski. Call that the Grabowski. <laughs> think that would move the needle at all here? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> you think it would be even, like, they, the fans would be even harsher on them? If they did it today. Th- there would be a, there, there'd be a, even a bigger pile on. I'm as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> there you go. You can't take 40 schmill so, and then 
you know, not give the fans their due. I think there's a bit of a gap when it comes to what the media and the public's perception of Dion Phaneuf is versus what his teammates and coaches and everybody, because it seems that everybody that's talked about him says that he's been an excellent teammate, hilarious guy. He was a great leader. Like Morgan Riley was talking about him this morning at the skate that he looked up to him as a young guy. Like it seems that like he was a pretty, you know, well-liked teammate. And I don't think that really came across amongst fans and media. Yeah, it it was, yeah, it was a wrong move, but. I, I didn't think back then it was that huge of a deal. I I thought I, it was immature. Possibly. You know, like, yes. like you're the bigger man here. Yes. You're supposed to be. That's But all. in the big, big picture, JB, I know. doesn't it give you some idea, though, of, of the fr- frustration sometimes of being in this market? Like I think, I, I think it's. I think it speaks a lot more to to just the stress that these guys feel sometimes to to deal with some of the things that they deal with, and and Mitch Marner in today's day and age is feeling it more than any other player, and it's going well again. But you know, he's like three games scoreless away from dealing with all the <laughs> BS all over again. Us well. Yeah, and I'm sure. Can you imagine what they after? So they do salute gay, whatever, whatever happens there. They don't do anything, and you think they go back in the locker room and they're just immediately like, "Oh my God, what have we done?" Or do you think they're like, "Oh yeah, we did I it. Think we 80, did it. We stuck it to them." Of the team isn't aware what happened. Okay, like they're just like, "Yeah, okay, well, whatever reason we just didn't do it today." Like the cat, you know, they just well, waved us off, and you went and take your sock tape off. It, there was a little bit of confusion. Yeah, are we doing right? Not, are we? Yeah, are we? No, just like get off the a ice. Formal stand in front of the team, like. Here's where we're going to not go. Like, I think it was just, you know, the captains went, all right, let's get out of here. The word I think they were just desperate to send a message. Yeah. And that was it. And it kind of backfired on them. But I didn't even think it was that big of a deal. Nah. But it does speak to the pressure that these guys can feel sometimes. And how did, how did Mitch Marner earlier on in the season, mm-hmm. right? He didn't. He says he's not sal- on social media. His salute gate was quick answers and see you later yeah. with the media That's and no the, smiles and no verbal, joy. The verbal or nonverbal bird where he's just looking going. Yeah. Yeah. And right. now he's back. He's back. He's back. He's smiling. He's figured it out and not funny. quite. Thinks the media is being kinder to him. As he's shooting in the net more. It's a great. Funny connection there. All right. Where's our boy, Jason York. Oh, Sammy. sorry. I, sorry. I was yakking boys. I'm just going to give him a call now. All right. Well, and you know, we'll get into uh, this with Jason York a little bit, but I actually like I liked Fanuf's game in Ottawa a lot more than I did in Toronto. I'm just and, pulling it up, and he was one. He was part of that push where they came within a an overtime goal of going to a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, if I'm was, not mistaken. No, you are. You're right. You're not mistaken. I'm trying to remember what the trade was. Um, so it was Fanuf. Matt Fratton, Casey Bailey, Ryan Rupert, and Cody Donahue for Jared Cowan, Colin Greening, Milan Mahalik, Tobias Lindstrom, and a 2017 second rounder. I don't even know what I just said. No idea I, what I just I said. I couldn't even remember one name you said. Colin Greening was with us in the Marlies, and so was Mahalik. No, and no, Lindy no. And, and, and how much was Colin Greening making in the minors? Oh, lots. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't remember exactly, but three that, million. That was the maybe? Calder. That was the Calder uh, Trophy or Calder Cup uh, that, they, that they essentially p- uh, bought yeah. for like 
$2 million or something. Yeah, just pay all the guys a bunch of money. It's funny, in that, in that team, you, there'd be a guy sitting in a stall making, like, $43,000 beside, like, greening, making four sheets, you know, Mahalik's making God knows what. It was, it was a weird dressing room. But, uh, yeah, that FNUF was a little bit uh, different. Is that I think, you know, he, he came here and was expected to be a guy whose number might go to the rafters or something, and, you know, in Ottawa, expectations well, and, had lowered by then. And by then, he was... I think he, I think actually he might have scored a, an overtime goal during that run. Or I remember him scoring a big goal, I think, to get to a conference final. Well, we know who to consult but about that. Phaneuf scored an overtime winner against the Bruins and Tuka Rask. I'm not sure if it was to go to the, I think it may be in game five of yes. the first round. Yeah. And, which is so well, that stupid helped that I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I remember that. But, but can't remember email, but emails. Predominantly, but. <laughs> at that point, he kind of established a stay at home, kind of mm-hmm. clean your house up. Defensive mode. Got All right. Let's move along and ask uh, Jason York about him. Jason York, how you doing, pal? Hey, Kipper. I'm doing great. How you guys doing? We're good. We're just talking a little FNUF. And uh, I I, I just mentioned to the guys that uh, I liked him when he went to Ottawa as a as a guy that uh, wasn't necessarily the go-to guy like we were used to in Toronto. And, and there was a, yeah. there was a small window where there was a good fit uh, during their, their, their big run. Uh, yeah. And, and here, I never really got a chance to really uh, play with Dion or, or uh, not a very good friend of his, but I'll tell you, I keep hearing this, um, from everybody I know in Ottawa, and, and I took the charter plane over to the set, to Sweden. So Ottawa played uh, Colorado in the in the Sweden series, and Dion was on the plane. And uh, you, you probably play with guys like this, Kipper. They just have a way of making everybody feel comfortable. They go around the plane and they talk to people, and when they talk to people, they actually listen and they look them in the eye. And it's not just a conversation. You know, you're talking to some guys and. We'll do the look by and they're talking to you, but they're not really talking to you. Like Dion just had a way and I just watched him on the plane and what he was doing. And I'm like, this guy gets it. He, he gets it. And he understands what his role is on this team as a mentor. And he's there as an experienced guy. And um, I, I think he just left a really good impression with a lot of people here in Ottawa. And I, I, I thought it was a great move for him after a lot of the negativity as this, as it ended in Toronto and then coming to Ottawa, I, I think was really refreshing for him. And I think people that didn't really know him said, Hey, this guy's a pretty good guy. You know, Yorkie hearing you talk about him like that makes me wonder, like every time I see him in interviews or any sort of behind the scenes thing, or talk to someone like yourself, it's always, you know, this guy's such a nice guy. I wonder if part of, you know, what was troubling for him in his career was having to play this role of like a tough guy, right? He had a ton of pims. He was physical. He he could fight. Like, I wonder if there wasn't some sort of, you know, I guess it's duality there of having to be this guy on the ice that maybe he really isn't. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, and uh, most guys I know that were tough guys are the best guys around. And, 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 you know, Kipper will tell you that, and Borny played with enough guys in the minors. They're usually the best guys in the team, and there is that persona of, of not wanting to let your foes know that you're a good guy, and I think there's something to that, and, and while you're playing, you got to keep on that masquerade, and a lot of times it's a big act for guys. They are tough guys, but they're good guys, and, mm-hmm. and you don't want to let you don't want to let your opponent know that, and 
I think later on in your career, though, you you, you kind of let your guard down off the ice. And, and let's be honest, too, as as the NHL goes on, there's not a lot of hate in the league anymore, guys. I remember the old days, if, if you were caught talking to a teammate, an ex-teammate before a game, you would get shit from a veteran. Uh, now guys are chummy-chummy, everyone's texting, everybody knows each other. It's it's different now, and, and uh, I think, you know, there's besides Ryan Reeves and – um, you know, his little thing he's got going with the, the Washington Capitals. Uh, I, I, I don't really think there's a lot of hate left in the game, to tell you the truth. What are you saying? You never played rocks, paper, scissors in warm-up? <laughs> Wait, do you know what you missed? Like, really? Like, I kept, when, you, when you think about it, like, it's the, it's the National Friendly League now. Like, you, you, you ask, you ask someone, like, and listen, when I do color commentating from time and time again, I refuse to call the front of the net the dirty area because that is disrespectful. <laughs> that is disrespectful to guys like Tim Kerr, Dino Cicerelli, that actually had to stand there and take a beating. Like, now you can put a picnic blanket out. You can have a, you can have a little glass of wine. Nobody's going to touch you. And for, it's, 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 and listen, I'm not an old guy that's saying the game is, I love the game. The game is great right now. But it is no longer a mean league filled with hate. Like, how about the one going around the other day, Borny, about Sidney Crosby? I think he was on the four check, and, yeah. and somebody tried to hold him up, and he tossed him aside. People are like, this should be a suspension. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's embarrassing. Like, come on. Thank it's, you. It's embar- it really is embarrassing. Thank you so much, because I say that I'm the dinosaur. Now you are. We need that as a drop so Kipper can just play that back when he thinks it. It would be perfect. That was great. <laughs> Uh, listen, I, 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 I'm not saying I, I, I love the league. I love the speed. I love the skill. And another thing, people have to quit trying to change the game every single week. Change this, change that. Leave the game alone. It's fine the way it is. We as Canadians have to stop complaining about the game. It's great the way it is. Stop trying to change it. And it's the ones that have, like are watching from afar, never even like have any – imagination to give you give somebody five seconds to think what what would it be like to be in those skates right now on the ice like they're all experts and have never experienced any of it we had tim peel on the other day and i can't tell you yorkie uh the attention that it drew uh when he started talking about uh it, it's impossible basically to to call it by the rule book and we it's talked impossible. about referees managing it and there's such a gray area but yet uh, the people out there think it's the easiest job to officiate and it's like you're not even close here you know kipper it's i always say this it's it's the hardest game in the world to officiate and people that have never been ice level and there's a lot of them people need to go at least once in their lifetime watch an nhl game from ice level and you will be, well, we all know it, but people that have it, it just happens so fast, and we're asking these officials to be spot on. It's impossible. It is absolutely impossible. I, I think they do a pretty good job, and it's never been harder to, to try and officiate a game, but it is so easy from the press box. It is so easy, and when you get down ice level, we all know this. It is, it's the fastest game in the world for a reason, it's, and it's, that's why it's the toughest game to officiate.
Yeah, you're looking through the old forest for the trees type of thing. A lot of a lot of people see the you know the whole forest, but when you're looking through the trees, it's not so easy. Um, we we, we got to get your take on uh, you know what's happening in Ottawa right now. They are not playing hockey games. They got a bunch of people in COVID protocol. What is the update in Ottawa these days? Yeah, they, they well they shut things down for the three games on the road. They're not going to enter the states. Uh, it, it's been weird. Drake Batherson, for example, tested positive, and he didn't test positive, and he played, he got four points, and the next day he tested positive. I'm beginning to wonder about some of the testing, uh, like how accurate is it, but it is mm-hmm. it is what it is. They're, they've got to, in order for the NHL to play, there's a protocol they have to follow, and the Senators are just doing what they're told. Uh, hopefully this will pass through the team quickly. The one thing I am told is, is nobody on the team is really sick, which is... They're, they're all asymptomatic, so it's just a, man, a matter of this eventually uh, getting to a point where there's not so many guys testing positive and they can ice a team. Is there any sense at all that uh, the tracing, does this just go back to their mid-U.S. West, uh, Western road trip? Um, but, I mean, is, is, this, uh, is it questionable what these guys have been doing? No, like it's it's. I I just think it's a case of bad luck, Kipper. I, I just think it's it was bound to happen when you think about all the guys that are in the league playing and did it happen in the states? Your guess is as good as mine. It could have happened right here in Ottawa. Who knows? Somebody could have contacted somebody in the grocery store or whatever. But for the most part, the guys aren't doing anything. Most guys are going to the rink, coming home, staying in. Uh, they have their pre-games at the rink. It's they're not really exposed to the outside population that much, and they're on their charters together. And um, to me, it's 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 uh, it's a little bit. I'm a little bit bewildered of how it happened, but it happened. You got to deal with it, and, and unfortunately, this is uh, this is the way it is right now with the COVID NHL. As far as people in Ottawa, is this like the? Is the cherry on top to their season being over right now? Is there a sense that uh, this will, there's just no way Ottawa can get back in the mix of things after this? I, I think people are realistic here, Kipper, with where this team's at. I, I think the one, the, the one caveat is this could be a pretty good draft. And all people in this city want is for the team to compete and to see some hope. I'm always a believer you're selling two things. You're selling willing, winning or you're selling hope. And, and this team right now, when you look at their young core, especially that power play they can throw out there with Batherson, Kachuk, Norris, Shabbat, uh, just naming Kachuk as captain. There, there is a lot of hope for the future here. Uh, they do have to figure out their goaltending situation with Matt Murray, although Gustafson's played really well. Um, but people are people are excited for the future here, and they're smart hockey people here. They know they know it's going to take maybe another two years, but I, I think people are willing to stick it out because there's so many young, exciting players here. But to answer your question, I don't think a lot of people think they're going to be a playoff team. They just want to see the team be competitive and grow together. In terms of all, you know, selling that hope to the fans in Ottawa, you know, it's been a rebuild. They're turning things around. We hear all that. Um, you know, it, it's tough to know if they believe that it's going to stick, you know, Melnick and keeping players yeah. and all, all that. How has the attendance been and the actual in-person, uh, you know, the look from Ottawa Senators fans this season? It's been better, Barney. And my, uh, I coached junior 18, Keffel 73s, and we brought the whole team to a game on Saturday. It was the Pittsburgh Penguins game. And 
I was expecting it not to be a great turnout. There was no Sid, no Malkin, uh, COVID running through the sands, but there was 15,000 there, which is pretty good these days for the Ottawa Senators with all the things going on. Attendance has been better. I think getting Kachuk signed was a good message to the fan base, but I'm going to see it when I believe it. And there's going to come a time when they're going to have to make some tough decisions. So far, so good. Uh, you got to check the next. The next one that drops going to be Norris because he's a guy that's going to be a, a key piece of this core moving forward. So he's a guy I would imagine is going to get locked up sooner or later. They got Batherson done, Shabbat's done. So they're doing the right things right now, guys. And uh, time will tell when this team is ready to win what, what will be done as far as bringing some more pieces. Yorgi, uh, Nashville and the Leafs tonight here. Uh, we look at the Predators and a pretty good start. And yet, at the beginning of the season, we wouldn't look twice at the Nashville Predators, but they seem to be one of maybe 15 teams that <laughs> could, could could actually find themselves in a Stanley Cup final. If Montreal taught us anything, it's that. Can you believe that with Nashville Predators? All those years when Pecorine was in his prime and you thought Nashville was going to do it and they'd always, Poyle would always make the big trade and nothing ever happened. And I think you're right. Watching what Montreal did last year, it, it, all you got to do is get hot at the right time. I, I, listen, I'm with you. I didn't have Nashville as a team that was going to do anything and I'm surprised as you, but it's one of those years. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I think this year the cup is up for grabs, guys. I, I have no idea. There's some great teams, but. Hey, Nashville's got as good a chance as any. Yeah, and uh, a team that I guess you would lump into that half with a chance is obviously here in Toronto. I don't believe it either, but if we're going to give them 15 teams, you're going to put them in the 15, oh, Yorkie. just call you out. Well, listen, Are they're going to be part of that I, group. Yeah, what, what's your take, uh, Yorkie? Give us your, your Leafs take. I just want them to win a round, for God's sake. We're talking Stanley Cup. You and everybody else around here. <laughs> well, I, the goaltending's big. Campbell's been really good, so there's there's one thing they've got going for them. Uh, Nylander's had a great season so far. Uh, Morgan Riley. You look at them on paper, guys. They should win, shouldn't they? But uh, th- we know there's going to be so much pressure on these guys when they finally get to the playoffs. They're going to be a playoff team. That first round and getting out of it, there's going to be so much pressure on these guys. The proof's going to be in the pudding, guys, and I I don't have them as a a team that's going to win the Cup because, man, every year they just disappoint year after year after year. So for me, until they finally do do get out of the first round, I'm not a believer. I got to correct you. It's, It's pressure on four forwards. Well, yeah, old Pierre Engvall's not feeling the heat. <laughs> like, how much pressure do you want to put on guys? I always say this in, in, in Montreal, they named their their defenseman. It was it was Savard, Robinson, and Lapointe. They were the big three. They didn't become the big three after they won cups. Like they're calling the big four in Toronto. Like that's a lot of pressure. And these guys haven't won anything yet. They're great players, but uh, it just seems you, you, you gotta. I, I just feel I feel for those guys. They want to win as much as anybody else, but there is a tremendous amount of pressure on those four players. Yeah, no doubt about that. The uh, 
you know, they've turned things around a little bit here. Have you noticed a difference from the start of the year? What we saw, you know, Tavares, obviously, and Martin, they weren't putting up numbers in the early going. Is there anything that stands out to you that seems to have helped them get this regular season ship righted? Uh, not, not really. Warnie, those, those guys are so talented. You knew sooner or later they were going to figure it out. The, and the, I know the analytics crowd was talking about it early with their puck possession and the metrics. And, and, and I do believe in, in some of those stats. And if you keep playing that way, eventually you're going to get the points. And, and that's what's happened. Toronto has no problem in the regular season. They are a great regular season team. So I, I knew they would get out of it. I just can't wait for the, for the playoffs, guys, because watching Toronto in the playoffs is the best real-life drama going anywhere in the world. And I, I'm excited for when that happens. And, listen, I'm not a Leafs hater. I, I, w- I would love to see them do it because the Toronto Maple Leafs are good for our business. When they win, it is, it is awesome for hockey. So I just, uh, I'm excited to see this group when they get to the playoffs and see if they can finally get the monkey off their back. So who is Canada's best team right now? <laughs> well, Calgary Flames, I guess. There you go. I, 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 I like them, guys. And I, I could go with the easy pick, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I've watched Calgary a lot. I love their goaltending. I think they've got great goaltending. And did I see Daryl Sutter coming in? And, and I'm not going to say reinventing himself because they're playing Daryl Sutter hockey, but I, I really like how the Calgary Flames are playing right now. They're playing, they're playing gritty. They've got, uh, they're getting the most out of their defense. Johnny Goudreau's in a contract here. Um, they're a team to me. They're under the radar, but I like what they're doing. Just one guy, Daryl Sutter, can come in there and just reset all <laughs> all those guys. Yeah, coming guys with Sutter, like I, like like with today's player, how today's player, it's it's it's, it's you got to be positive. You can't be hard on guys. Well, here you go. Sutter's coming and he's done it for the Flames. All right, rookie, where are you off to, buddy? I'm off to Hawkesbury, Ontario, the Kempsville 73s. we got a game tonight in Hawkesbury. We're playing at the uh, the Bob Hartley Arena in beautiful downtown Hawkesbury. So uh, that's where I'm off to, guys. Just be all positive, okay? Don't bring any negativity. Don't just give them all a hug. <laughs> That's hockey today, isn't it? <laughs> All right, Jason York. Thanks, pal. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Yorkie. See you guys. Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. A night Jason York. Boy, was he just giving it to the game today? That honestly, that was he. He had some stuff. Funny. Some stuff to get off his chest today. <laughs> it was kind of funny. And he let it fly. I loved it. It's great. The Leafs, the the aggressiveness against the, the the Leafs having a chance here. Jeez, I don't know, fellas. There's a lot of flawed teams in this league. They're, we got a great text here that I just thought I want to read. It's hilarious. Let's have it. Attendance in Ottawa has been better, says York. Well, of course it's been better. Last year they drew no a total wins. of zero. Year over year attendance is sparkling. <laughs> That's good. I, he's right, though, about the Leafs in the playoffs. Like, I, uh, I think I, I, we were talking about this last, I think we were talking about this last week, but the amount of pressure. Oh, about the pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% On that right. first round. It's can they overcome it? They need They've, a couple of bounces, don't they? They, they really well. They did. They got it last year, and then they blew it. You know, they really did get some bounces. I don't know. I just I don't know if this group has the has it to get over that well, incredible amount of pressure. Of course, we don't know. They haven't done it. I know. They haven't, haven't I, been good. I don't know. And I, what are they? Eight one and one or eight and two? 
and o- over that ten game stretch, yeah. they've they've found points. But is anyone really convinced that they their their trajectory is now heading towards building a cup contending team? Have we seen that in the last ten games, or are they just a team that has found ways to get points? Well, he. he- Eight They're the exact same team they have yeah. been for seven years. <laughs> Sammy with the whisper okay. mode. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't see a much different team. This is important that when they're two and four, we don't, you know, you recognize it's still the same team playing the same game, and they're ten and five. It still looks like the same team playing the same game. So, so that, when they lose, it's not a knock. when there's when they lose, there's no. there's trouble, and when they win, it's let's wait still to see how they well, are in the first round. But you know what? They painted themselves in this corner, right where you basically can't get credit until you go in a playoff round. So. Uh, I'd, I'd feel bad had they not made their own bed here. Yep. There it is. Yep. And after the break, we should also listen to someone who weighs in on if this team has been different or better, our uh, third host or fourth, if you count Sammy, and Sheldon <laughs> Keefe. All right. Good segue to take a break um, here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> God, I love that. Also, after the break, Sean Thornton, who is now an author. He's got a book coming out, Fighting My Way to the Top. Also, Talks about uh, the climb as well. And uh, we have him on the way after the break. And keep thinking, boys, about ways that we're going to reinvent the wheel here in the game of hockey for the Olympics. It's a bad idea. We are not letting them do it without our input. Real <laughs> Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Get over Jason York. Loving his tough hockey. You know, though, I loved it. I loved it because it's true. You know what I love most? He didn't use it as an indictment of the game today. It wasn't a criticism of the NHL today. It's an acknowledgement that the game is great, has gotten a lot better, but it's not what it was. God, I watched those old highlights of... uh, Kevin Lowe, you know, I've been watching a lot in the wake of the Hall of Fame. Games. Vicious. Well, just like, yeah, like violent penalties that everyone's like, here are some highlights of this man defending. And it's like, those are criminal acts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's just a different game. I used to have these conversations with Bob McGill on. Big Daddy Bob McGill. Yeah, Big Daddy. And like what extremes he would go to before he'd let a guy pass him <laughs> to go to the net. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't much different than seeing a guy chop a tree down. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds right. It really was different. Like, even growing up, you know, I was played around, whatever, I was in college in 2000, call it 15 years ago. Even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, significantly different than now. Um, Again, not, not that it was better, that it was more violent in front of the net. It just certainly was more violent. An interesting little piece of news that doesn't um, doesn't pertain to anything we were just talking about there, but it came across my Twitter feed that I thought you might be interested in. This is according to the Wall Street Journal that the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team is in talks to be sold to the Fenway Sports Group, owner of the Boston Red Sox. People with the fam- uh, familiar with the matter say so. Yeah, yeah, that's been going on for a few years now. Uh, Mario cashing his chips. Uh, he has along the way. Oh, has he been? Yeah. That's the way to do it. Like, what's the point in owning a team? If it, to me, it's like selling just well, be rich, right? Mm. I know he's rich, but 
it, there, there's always been, to what degree, I do not know, a, a portion of Pittsburgh being up for sale. And I would believe if if the number was right, uh, they could possibly take the whole thing. Billion dollars or something? I'm just throwing numbers, literally pulling numbers. I, I, I don't think it would be that high. I just think Vegas was, or sorry, Seattle was 650. 650. So I don't see how you don't say that the, the Penguins are a more established franchise, yada, yada. You know, the other thing, too, is is it a uh, suppressed market right now with COVID and and what's happened in the last few years and maybe some of the debt that's out there for some of the clubs. Maybe it's a, a good time to buy. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you know or be able to say what percentage Mario Lemieux would own of the Penguins or would have owned or where he'd be at? I, that? Well, he was, he was the majority. He was majority? Yeah, he was majority. I didn't know that. Well, they owed him that much money and... You know, on a couple occasions, I think he's he saved that franchise. Yeah. So it's I'm always weirded out by Pittsburgh okay? because yeah. the, the wild. Mean, you're thinking you might have to lend him some money or something? <laughs> Are you worried about? Borny's thinking about buying. You're, you're worried about? I got I got eighty Ace? bucks, eighty bucks in my bank account. So, but just when you uh, still factor in where gaming's going and and gambling in general. I, I think the value that that adds to a team is I don't, it's going to be huge. So even though it's might be a tough time right now for a lot of teams, mm-hmm. I think the upside now in, in owning a, a professional franchise. How do you think a team would capitalize on gambling being legalized? Like, I would you run their own sports books. Do yeah. you at least, the, I guess you sell the rights well, a to lot of, a lot of the teams that want to use your logo? A lot of the teams are... are are getting their partnerships yeah uh with with gaming sites and to what degree uh the league did a gary did a deal um that was just based on i think a hard number and a lot of people thought uh gary should take a percentage off of uh of right. what hockey can just in can case generate. it blows up but right now i think those early deals are just based on on hard numbers but long term who knows where this thing goes it's a wild marketplace right now all these gambling companies competing to try to get uh, a step ahead FanDuel, DraftKings, a lot of those things run away i think that's who has a deal with the nhl one of those two forget exactly so where are we with uh sean thornton there super sammy he's coming up in about 15 minutes time so we can talk about the leafs here if you want there's a guy that uh i think uh Maybe we'll get back Jason York just to talk to Sean Thornton about, <laughs> yeah. about the good old days. There's a guy that played the game awfully hard. He did for sure. So the one thing we had queued up for after the break here was uh, talking about the way the Leafs have been playing Sheldon Keefe and the way their roster is constructed. Right now they've gone back to Matthews and Marner together. All Willie and JT going to give it another crack. And I think Sheldon talked about he, he likes how this sets up their, their lineup given the way they've played over the past 10 games. Let's take a listen. You know, with with this look here now, this is what we intended the the group to look like when we started the season. Obviously, Mikhail's injury aside, it changes things up a little bit. But want to want to go with this here tonight, and and you know, be more more than just tonight. Want to give it some runway, like we did the last group that was about ten games or so. And uh, you know, obviously, looking for things to continue. I think that's what's important as we've gone here and things have gone really well. As for for us as a coaching staff is. We've gotten good results, but we think we can play better and we want to continue to get good results rather than 
you know, seeing that things, some things might not be working, but let's just sweep it under the rug because we're winning and we think we can play even better. Think Tavares is pissed. He lost Marner. He does seem to get the short end of the stick here, right? It's all about getting everyone else going but him. Well, it's Matthews. It's Matthews. Matthews is kind of quietly not having like a huge statistical run. He's below a point per game. He's on pace for 38 goals or something. I'll tell you what, it's really not a concern, but the main reason why Nylander is not with Austin Matthews right now. It's Austin Matthews stats. Five on five. Yeah. Just a lack of creation compared to previous seasons. You know how many goals they've been involved with together in even strength regulation? I do, but I don't want to take the punch out of your point. One. Isn't that like <laughs> combined they've got what, twenty nine, thirty games? Yeah. One I know point. I know. It's even not good. strength. Like there is there's a lack of chemistry right now. And we we're talking about Matthews still being on a forty goal pace. And Nylander having one of the best starts he's had as a Leaf, yet these guys can't grab any magic together five on five. I know. I, you know what? I put this out there on Twitter yesterday that, you know, I, I, I've seen it. I don't seen, see that there's much chemistry. And, you know, I'm getting some highlight packages back of them connecting in the past and whatever. Over these 10 games, it hasn't been good. Like, there have not been moments where you're like, those two are seeing each other. They find each other. They work well off each other. You know, they're two great hockey players, and they've played very good hockey. You know, not exceptional, but they've played very good hockey, and that's why their analytics or whatever are, are good. But they have not clicked in a way that you hoped that they would. So how much of that is Matthews not being himself? Well, it's chicken and the egg, right? It's a great question. Like, is it because he's with Willie, or is Matthews not himself so the two of them aren't clicking? Because I think... We haven't really seen him drive the play in a hockey game really outside of, I would say he was really good in the Bruins game. He was great, absolutely unbelievable in his first game back against the Rangers. But like outside of that, I don't really remember games where he's taken the play to the other team like he has in years past. And is it still a factor that he's getting back up to speed, no training camp? Like how many games has he played in? It's pretty close to the same amount of, of games the Leafs have played in. Like, do you think Marner is going to be enough for that to change it? Like, do you think he's going yeah. to be back to himself as soon as Marner gets yeah, on his line? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I do, and it's that's why they're doing it's, it. It's we've said it. Who's their best playmaker? Oh, it's it's Marner. Marner. Yeah, and who's their best purest shooter? Obviously, Austin. Usually, it's the other way around, and one's center and one's a winger. But in this instance, there's there's a better chance for. Five-on-five five success for, for Matthews with Marner than it is Nylander. It's just that simple for Sheldon right now. Yeah. You know what's interesting is uh, Sheldon mentioned on you know that they only have one goal over those 10 games. He noted that the assist was a second assist off a skate. So there's not actually any connection of them Zero. passing the puck to the other guy and the other guy shooting in, in the net. But Willie's had the best start of his career. Yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Doesn't match up, but yeah. they've been able to produce in their own way in the power play. Yeah, they've been good there. So they've been let good me there. Ask and you special this. teams, like give credit to the special the, teams are better. The, the, the penalty kill too in the, in this stretch uh, between Muzzin and Marner and you know a lot. Camp, Camp. Mm. these guys have done a hell of a job on the penalty kill. 
Yeah, they're fourth in the NHL in PK. That's a, that's a big, that's Huge a good number. Jump. I think they were in the 20th yeah. and beyond last year. And their PK, or sorry, their power play is seventh. But even by the fancy stats, they're actually the best team in the league at uh, shot attempt creation and ex- yeah. second and expected but goals. And blah, blah, blah. We know in the playoffs, it's one or two opportunities on a power play, and that's it. If they don't straighten this thing out five on five, then I don't – who cares? Who cares that they're eight, one, and one with uh, with three games uh, collecting points in overtime? Yeah. No, that's a good point. So I have two questions for you. One is I one thing I took from that Sheldon Keefe clip was him saying that we want to give it a run of time like 10 games like we did with the other group. Do you think this is a thing they'll do on purpose this year where they'll say, we're going to try this for 10 games. We're going to try this for 10 games and try to get it figured out so come playoff time they have answers? How many true changes can you make, though, when you've... To this line. When, when you've it's either going to be Marner Matthews, Marner <laughs> Tavares... And it changes. The light bulb comes on. Right. I have an idea. What about Matthews and Nylander <laughs> in 10 games? Yeah. But really, that's that's what you're you're at. Yeah. Okay. Now, now so then. McCabe can come back and, and add a bit of a dynamic. At least but, a four-checker. Another good four-checker. But it's still all about your four, your top four. Yeah. And there's only one option. I can already tell. I'm going to talk myself into Mikheyev here after hearing you say that because I, I wanted to ask about bunting with Matthews and um, and Nylander. Is there any chance that he was really he was so poor that he was submarining their ability to be great together? Because like bunting was not has not been particularly great for a while now. You know, he's getting a big opportunity. Is it he's, fair to put any not, blame on him he, for their lack of success? Indirectly, yes. And it's know, not his fault that he's in that spot. He's he's not heavy enough to keep up or or play a significant role. Follow up question: Can Mikheyev? Yes, better. Yeah, for sure. He's longer, at least he can get it on the forecheck. Heavier, faster, and he can. I, I think he's <laughs> he's the opposite of Bunting because he know, can't finish a lick, and Bunting no, can. You're right, but and, and it's been a work in progress for Mikheyev. Uh, it's the consistency, bringing it every every shift, and then just creating that 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 engine that unfortunately I don't think he'll ever have when you compare it to Zach Hyman. But there's few guys yeah, in the league rarity. that can bring it like he has over the last three three years. Yeah. But McKayev needs to be a key guy. When he comes back, what do, what do we, Sammy? What do well, he what's he need another four too. weeks? Yeah, that's what um, they. Sorry, Keith a, provided a couple updates. It, it this is him and and Mrazek, so. Four more weeks for both. Well, four more weeks for he's about halfway there for if, for McKayev, and then Mrazek's looking to get back on the ice. If McKayev can come back and make a significant jump and turn himself into uh, just if he can't Hyman-like. finish. <laughs> Yeah, Hyman poor. Even Hyman poor. <laughs> you could just be a version of, yeah. A small version of Hyman where you are the first guy on the four check and you do lean into guys. Engvall, like he can. I, I think. Ah, this guy. No, Engvall, I'm so sick of him. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just telling you that there's no reason why a guy like Engvall 
cannot turn himself into a bit of an no, engine, too. there's no reason he can't. You're 100% right. Except maybe Except the space between his ears. There's a kind of a reason. Are we doing yes. that? Are we doing Except that? for that space between his ears. Yeah. But other than that, those are the guys that will change the dynamic of that Leaf look yeah. internally. And you have to, you got to hope and pray if you're Kyle Dubas that one of those two guys can still make a bit of a leap here, but time's running out and you're going to have to go to that trade deadline to take a a real crack at, uh, Another chance of going deep. Someone else. Uh, I have something for, for to throw at you here. But first, Sammy, who was it that said the other day, it was kind of a ruthless comment that I don't think many people PM'd it. Koshan. pretend to be Pierre Engvall in road hockey. Yeah. Like, oh. Well, it's funny you guys are talking about um, the guys never switching up. It's always going to be Matthews and, and, uh, and you know, Marner and Neil, the whatever combination. Didn't Babs put Connor Brown and Zach Hyman on um, Matthew's wings for a stretch of period in his rookie year, his second year. I remember well, there well, being a, a long stretch. stretch. Where Neilander tried to be a third line center for yeah, them, right? Yeah, but I remember there being a long stretch where he played those two guys on his wings, and it was just a completely different look. Yeah, so, something different, anyway. Yeah, but there's just a, they don't have that option now. So, so here's the question I wanted to throw at you, Kipper: Is uh, I've one thing I've heard Kyle Dubas say is that he could, if he could have a team of the. So I'm asking about Engvall and also thinking a little of Nick Ritchie, I'll admit. But if he could have the fastest team in the NHL, you got all the fastest guys, or you could have all the toughest guys, or you could have all the smartest guys, whatever it is, he says his choice would be all the smartest players. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You take the brain over the, the speed 100%. team, the skill team, the tough team. I've seen, I've played with so many guys where – you're just you, the difference between me and you. I would say is you get to the wrong spot faster than me. <laughs> That's, speaking of backhanded compliments, the theme of the day. That's it. Yeah, and it it doesn't really matter. You have to have great intelligence to match your great speed, or else it's useless. Uh huh. And there's a lot of guys out there that I've played with and watched over the last oh. 21 years. That that's all that's happening. It's in the AHL. You are just you are just getting to the wrong spot faster than everybody else, and yeah. you're not helping at all. So to Sheldon's point, high IQ. We'll take that all day long. Yeah. So there are moments with this team where you know, okay, well, there are some some IQ questions. Not many. They're a pretty smart team. I actually think the decor is very smart. Morgan Riley's smart. Sandine's very smart. There's a lot of good thinkers on the back end. Can you but... give me a combo of tough and smart? That's the perfect combo. You want tough and smart? Yeah, like Anthony Sorelli last night, you know? Oh, we talk about the our our, our show's favorite player that we oh, don't talk about on the air. Man. That, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, go ahead. Throw. I was just going to say sorry, Sammy. Good. I was just going to say though, if if you want a perfect example of just raw emotion go find that clip about where, where, last night where, where, it, where it just falls in place and what you can get out of it and you know not to you know knock nick felino but you compare anthony sorelli's fight last night to say the one that was manufactured because of uh, uh the incident with Tavares in the in the playoffs in the first round and and the difference between emotion around those two and it's just night and day. 
I really feel like the Felino thing is he didn't want to hear about it in the media that someone should have stuck up for Tavares. Like, he was like, let's just get out of this out of the way just in case. I think you're 100% right, but it, it, he should have thought that there was there would have been opportunities in, in a short yeah. period of time. It didn't have to be the next shift. Yeah. The Sorelli thing, so, you know, Brock Nelson drills Kalorn, tries to hurt him a little bit, and Sorelli runs in there. Nelson is 6'4", 215. And Sorelli's six feet, 190, and goes in there and goes toe to toe. I'd say he won the fight if his nose didn't get exploded into a pillow by <laughs> one Brock Nelson Wright. But Sammy's on your Team Canada, or what? You love to play that I game. Lo- I love, yes, he is. And I love Sorelli. And I just, I, I hate to do this. And I hate to be Mr. Neanderthal. But what guy on the Leafs outside of Simmons is doing that? Is seeing it. Bunting probably goes in there. Does, he, does Bunting ever fight? Not really. No. I just, I just feel like they have. There's so many that's, teams around the league that have that element. Sammy, that's just not their makeup. I and know. It's just not the look that they've. That, but uh, am I allowed to Kyle's, want that? Kyle's wanted, and it's just it's too late to hope for that now. I know, but I'm allowed to want that though. Oh yeah, you're a green light. Yeah, it's just I like I just a kid that you know hasn't been in the league that long, isn't tough, isn't known as a tough guy. You know, a guy who's way bigger than him in Kalorn. You know, a much sort of quote unquote tougher guy. He gets run by Brock Nelson, and there's no hesitation. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't do anything. The flippers come off. He's in there throwing them right away, and I just I, – I, I love that so much from him. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that before. T- Tampa sitting third right now in the Atlantic. Uh, Best team in the league. Three points behind Toronto with, uh, I think, two games in hand, and they have not even come out of second gear. No. no they're the best team in the league again. I mean, Florida, I haven't seen I don't enough know. I'm, of to... I, I'm still kind of want to see what it looks like for them. That third that third line's mm-hmm. gone, so... Give it some more time on that. I mean, Colorado has been badly, badly injured by and large. Vegas has been, um, you know, without a lot of their guys this season. Those two teams are interesting notes, but... You know, Carolina just kind of hums along 11 and two, no big deal. That's another team worthy of a mention, but you know, no, no real juggernaut. Tampa Bay to me yeah. is still the team I'm taking every and time. Belmar has been a proven depth guy the yeah, last few years. I would say they've gone from like, you like their depth to their depth is not really a detriment. Like they're fine. Corey Perry's there now. And great in the playoffs we, we, for the Habs. Two, two, two years in a row, Dallas and Montreal where Corey Perry has showed He's got plenty of juice still left. Yeah, he does. They need a couple of their young guys to come along. Like, like Ross Colton needs to have a year. And, you know, Matthew Joseph, they're Taylor Radish. Some of those guys, if they get any of those guys to pop, they're, they're dangerous. Yep. As you and pa- Perry's still sitting on a goose egg, it has to be said. Ooh, with a uh, one, one assist dash five. You wonder so. if back-to-back cup runs is maybe yep. not in his favor. For sure. But, I mean, it'll, when, it, when, it, when push comes to shove, when the games get big, you know, he'll be around. He'll be doing stuff. He'll be yep. squirting water into dude's water bottles and, you know, hooking and hacking. He'll be doing stuff. Yes, he certainly will be. But the Leafs are going to beat you uh, with their offense, their specialty teams, and they are still a quick team. You yeah. know, we talked about how... There's not many teams that can match up with four superstars on two lines. I mean, it's yep. their advantage is still a significant one, which is why they win more than they lose. Yep. And, and Kerfoot's been uh, one Kerfoot's of those... has been very good. He's been really good to, to come up and, and help the top six. Yeah. He can skate. It's funny thinking about the way Yorkie uh, well, it just responded to them as a potential cup team. It's like the tier of teams 
that you consider to be those guys? Like the Leafs seem to be knocking on the door of that tier, but not quite in it. Yeah. So we're sitting on uh, Sean Thornton, who's going to join us uh, momentarily. But well, uh, I, what's that, Sammy? No, Go I ahead. Just, I was just going to say that you could you could take a break too. If you no, want to. no, no. Well, we also got, uh, of course, we teed it up like crazy. We talked about provo- proposing different uh, outside the box uh, hockey looks for the Olympics. Have you guys thought about it? I have. Are we going to do it now yeah, or should now. we break? Let's do it now. Let's fit it in. Okay, no, no, no. But you're going first because when I first talked about this at the beginning of the show, you had mentioned, oh, I've got a great one and it's been well, it's percolating. Not real. <laughs> My idea's well, I'm not, not saying real. it's going to happen. <laughs> right. I just want to hear the concept. I want to hear the idea. How are we going to add hockey to a different look i.e. beach volleyball so everyone's gonna say three on three that's the obvious you're not gonna put sand on the uh nah probably not everyone is gonna say three on three like if it's not gonna be five on five that's what we're doing i should have but no i should have said no you can't that's too easy now right so So i I need something other than so the variations of hockey you can do are different numbers you know have you have you ever heard of bandy before Bandy is a sport played on, a, on an ice sheet the size of multiple Olympic sheets. There's a soccer I have net. Heard it's of it. yes. ridiculous looking. Yes. It looks amazing. Yes. So there's that. Otherwise, you're saying, okay, is it five on five? It's two on two. Here's my idea. There's a great drill that we used to do when I was a hockey player. It, you could do it as a drill. It was like a, a three on O, oh, a three on two, a two on one, and a one on O. Oh. And it's the way the players sub in. It all flows very smooth. You can keep doing this. And you try to score as many times as you can. The defense gets rewarded for, you know, as many cracks as they get at it. I want to see a ru- odd man rushes are the most exciting play in hockey. Odd man rushes. Give me an odd man rush drill in the Olympics. Wow. I actually love that. Let's go. I hate it. Two on ones, three on twos, playmaking, offense, right back the other way. Defense to hell with it. Yeah, not bad. Okay. Okay, right, it's growing so on me. Is there a consistent flow to it? Yes, it, it doesn't stop. You can start, the next drill can pop right as the last breakaway starts, turn after turn. What do oh, you got? That's probably better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got skating backwards only. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot skate forward. <laughs> Just, now we need the uh, Benny Hill music or the, uh, you know. All right. I, I got a couple. Okay, uh, give us one. Uh, I'm giving you. I'm giving you both. <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, this is for my idea. This, 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 this is opening puck this drop. Everybody skating devalued. backwards. Uh, you know, like three quarters of the forwards cannot skate backwards. Yeah. It would be fun to see. Uh, so my first one is no lines. No lines Just on the ice. Nothing. There's no. So that's that's immediately the best idea. There's no rules. Immediately the best. Like there's idea. just like there's no icing, no offside, no nothing. I you actually that don't make no sense. <laughs> Thinking the other way, they should scrap the scrap the blue line. Drive on five. Five on five. Exact same like amount of people on the ice. Everything else, goals count the same amount. Everything, but there's just no lines. Love you just, it. Just free for all. Is there value uh, in parking uh, a guy no in the wh- zone no, for stretch passes? It's a great question. N- no whistles. I mean, yeah, sure. Penalties, I guess. Goalie can freeze the puck? Yeah, goalie can freeze the puck. Other than that, no whistles. And my other one is ball hockey. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a see, big deal in some places. See, I, see I'm see, i with you, but I didn't have um, – I changed the ball to a, a golf ball. <laughs> change the puck to a golf ball or the – Yeah, yeah, oh, a golf yeah. ball. Wow, that'd be – How yeah. about multi-puck? Let's go uh, – Oh, my on. God. So, yeah, my final two submissions to the IHF. No rules hockey, no lines. And then uh, the other one is ball hockey, because I think there's a completely different type of guy that's good at ball hockey than ice hockey. Well, the only good idea between the three of us is no lines. Okay, oh, I got you. another one, though. I got <laughs> another one. Let me have it. Uh, two pucks. 
Well, I mean, I, I suggested multi-puck. I feel like you Did just you? stole my idea, but yes. All right. So, Two pucks. So would you referee each puck like it's its own? It, they're, they're both live. Go after each one. I think if, with Sammy's if, rule with no lines. Oh, my if, Lord. If you <laughs> score, then one remains until that one scored. Love it. And then you start again with two pucks. We should go to break. Or, or what, <laughs> what, about, what, what about the, about the decision-making uh, on that? It is fun. That's a fun practice thing when you throw the coach would throw a couple pucks and out the, there. Uh, oh, I just had another one. Make it ring at rules. You have to pass like five times to the neutral zone to get it into the zone. Yeah, we need more ticky-tack yeah, passes. All got to go pass. You must pass three that times. That would eliminate like three-quarters of the puck hogs in the league. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Be all just be all defensemen so just stretch past. In through all seriousness, through. like I cannot imagine that the IHF thinks that they have a good idea here. Three so on three, they think that's what they're going to do. One hundred percent, they're going to do. How about changing uh, <laughs> your stick from left to right? Are you going to play the wrong way? <laughs> yeah, play the wrong way. Oh, I Kim love that. wants these guys to spin with their head on a bat <laughs> ten times. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, have you ever shot? How about a, how about a Mickey a fireball before you step out? <laughs> have you got to go? Yeah. You ever shot with the, your uh, wrong stick? Oh, yeah. It's like me trying to throw with my other hand. It's, it's a mockery. Embarrassing. Travis well, like, Or like trying to swing a golf club the opposite way. I tried to do that this summer. I almost took my own head off somehow. It's not easy. No. It's very it's, hard. No. All right. Great ideas, boys. I assume okay. we did nothing to help the IOC. No. <laughs>